Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandrobe, the podcast for wine fanatics who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, we introduce you to a prominent woman and take a peek into her life and, of course, her favorite wines. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Remy Cohen, who's the Chief Operating Officer at Cliff Lady Vineyards. She's also featured in Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. Remy, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Thank you, Michelle. So let's get started. Tell me. What was your first professional job ever? Well, my first job in the wine business was working for Saintsbury Winery in Carneros as the Harvest Viticultural Intern. I had met um, a guy who worked at Saintsbury while I was still at UC Davis getting my master's in viticulture, and he came and gave us a tasting, a vertical tasting of all of Saintsbury's Carneros Reserve Pinots from 1990 to 1999, and it was the most fascinating thing. It was the first time I'd ever done a vertical, so I loved seeing the continuity in style of the winery, but also the difference from vintage to vintage. I found it completely fascinating. So I went to talk to him after and he said, well, what are you doing after you graduate? I had no plans and he offered me a job as their viticultural intern. So it was a great experience. So you were hooked right away in the, I was wine, hooked. In, yes. in the wine industry. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Fast forward. Now you're chief operating officer here at Cliff Lady Vineyards. Tell us about a typical day, haha, here at for you at Clip Lady. Well, that's what's uh, fun about working in the wine business is that no days are typical. Every day is a little different. Um, today is a day of um, doing a fun podcast with you, and then I have some business meetings, business planning um, in the wholesale sector of our business. And then in the afternoon, I am planning to spend walking vineyards with our viticulturist. So I think what's exciting about being in the wine business is that every day is a little bit different. Every year is a little different. Every season is different and it keeps the business really dynamic. What's one of the more challenging parts of your job? Um, for me, having spent most of my career on the production side, um, and I feel really at home walking vineyards, making decisions about viticulture, I feel um, even more even comfortable in the winemaking side of the business. But for me, the most challenging aspect has been in sales. Um, I love promoting our wine and sharing our wine with people. Um, but still, I think it's challenging sometimes doing sales forecasting. There are so many different factors involved. And you're talking about markets all over the United States and, and uh, globally as well. Let's talk about about your wines here at Cliff Lady. How much wine do you make? What's the case production? Um, so depending on the vintage um, at Cliff Lady, we make between 18,000 and 20, 22,000 cases of wine. Are all your wines distributed? No, in fact, we make about 11 wines for Cliff Lady and only three of them are distributed. Our Cliff Lady Sauvignon Blanc, our Stag's Leap District Cab, which is really the heart and soul of what we do based on our estate vineyard here, and then Poetry, which is our flagship wine from our hillside vineyard. And we do have a sister winery called Fell, um, which is a smaller production winery, about 10,000 cases. And we make Anderson Valley, Chardonnays, and Pinot Noirs. We have three wines in that portfolio that are distributed as well, our Anderson Valley Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, and our Savoy Vineyard Estate uh, Pinot Noir as well. Well, I appreciate you sharing that you do have a, a sister property, so that's good for people to know. Um, and you oversee that property as well? 
Yeah, so we um, call ourselves Lady Family Wines, and it, uh, we are comprised of the two different vineyard properties and, and wineries. Um, so Cliff Lady Vineyards is based in Napa Valley. Christopher Tynan is our winemaker, and we specialize on Bordeaux varietals. So we make Sauvignon Blanc, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Cab-based blends. And Fell is our sister winery. It's based in Anderson Valley. Um, all the vineyard sourcing comes from Anderson Valley. Ryan Hodgins is the winemaker, and he specializes in cool climate varietals. So he mainly makes Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, but we do make a small amount of Pinot Gris as well. So curious, during the course of your career, is there someone that has inspired you? Well, I think many people. Um, I think one thing that I find um, exciting about my career is that I have worked for mostly men, but men who have been really amazing proponents of women in the industry. Um, so I can think back when I had um, a job as the director of vineyard operations for Bouchain Vineyards. I was working for Michael Richmond, who was the general manager at the time, and he was a really big advocate for me and my career development. And um, I'm super grateful that Cliff is also really a great advocate for women. We have a lot of women in leadership positions here at Lady Family Wines, and he's always been a really big advocate for uh, for that. You think they've inspired your career or have they been mentors? Someone that inspires your career. Um, well, when I think back um, about early inspiration in my career, somebody who I really admire is Mary Marr. Um, she was, um, it worked in viticulture for most of her career and I started my career in viticulture as well. And she was one of the first women to really get established as a vineyard consultant in Napa Valley. And her work has really always been impressive. Um, and so she's somebody who I've always found very inspirational. Can you describe for us a turning point in your career? I think that um, I was working for Maryvale um, from 2006 to 2010. I was their vice president of operations, and um, I decided at that time to start my own business. And so I left and started Vines to Wine, which was my vineyard consulting business that I maintained for a few different years until um, I finally had a great opportunity here at Cliff Lady Vineyards to, to jump on board on, uh, full-time on the team here. Let's get back to Cliff Lady. You talked about the three flagship wines here, but you have a lot of small production wines. Mm -hmm. Tell us how people can get their hands on those small production wines. So um, we have what's we what we call our platinum playlist, which are our three halo wines of the portfolio. I mentioned poetry, which is the only one that does see some distribution, but poetry has a sister uh, wine called Songbook, which is from David Abreu's personal properties. It's an outstanding wine that we make from Madrona Ranch and Thorvilos Vineyard. And then we also have the amazing opportunity to source from Bextoffer's Tokalon Vineyard. So those three wines are our platinum playlist wines. And there's a membership opportunity where you get guaranteed access to those wines. So um, that's called the platinum playlist. We also make a lot of really fun um, Appalachian wines. So we make a Diamond Mountain, a Hell Mountain, a Calistoga wine. We make a wine called Rock Block. It's a series. It's a celebration of our vineyard estate. All of our vineyard blocks are named after Cliff's favorite classic rock songs. So we call them the rock blocks, not just because they're built into a volcanic rock hillside, but because they're named after Stairway to Heaven and Bohemian Rhapsody. 
So every year the rock block wine changes based on which of the blocks go in the blend. So for example, the current release is Moon Fantasy, Dark Side of the Moon from Pink Floyd and Dear Mr. Fantasy. And the upcoming vintage 2016 is Soul Fire, Heart Full of Soul and Light My Fire. So it's kind of a fun thing that we do. It's a serious wine, a serious Napa Cab, but we have a fun play on it with the musical theme. So wines like Rock Block, the Diamond Mountain, the Howl Mountain, the Calistoga, all of those wines are available to our wine club or if you come and visit us um, at Cliff Lady Vineyards in Yountville. I'm curious, um, why does Cliff have this love of music? Why is there a connection with music and wine? Cliff's just a fan. It's a big hobby and a love of his life. And um, when you come visit Cliff Lady Vineyards, which I hope everybody does, you'll get to see all of Cliff's favorite things on the property. So, of course, it starts with amazing wine, but we also are always playing great music. And he also is a huge fan of modern art. And we um, have a gallery that's called Backstage, and it has a rotating exhibit that is usually based on some type of musical theme. So right now we have the original artwork of Grace Slick. We have an exhibit of um, John Lennon's artwork in here as well. And um, the, ro- the, the art rotates the exhibits, and so it's always something fun and fresh in here to come and enjoy your delicious wine and listen to great music with. You alluded to the fact that we're actually sitting in that room. We're in backstage. (laughs) Yes, and it's amazing, very colorful and uh, very entertaining with a lot of guitars and great artwork. Curious, is there one piece here that's a favorite right now for you? Well, right now I'm looking at two different pieces of Jerry Garcia staring at me. And my first concert that I ever went to um, was a Grateful Dead concert. So I have to pay tribute to, to Jerry Garcia. There you go. And the the two pieces are by Grace Slick. Top moments of your career so far? So I think for me, an early transition point was um, even deciding to go into the wine business because I grew up in New Jersey, so it wasn't really a thing. You didn't, you know, you were going to be a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer. Um, so for me, I was uh, had a science background, so I was always thinking that I'd be some sort of doctor. And I went to UC Berkeley for undergrad. And while I had a great time, I wasn't really relating to the system. It already seemed very um, just bureaucratic. And so I had really gotten connected to professors in plant and microbial biology. And they were the ones that had introduced me to the concept of going to UC Davis to study viticulture and enology. And so when they had told me about that field, I thought that that was so fascinating because there are so many different aspects to working in the wine industry. You have the biology and chemistry that I was interested in from an academic perspective, but there's also a really fun marketing element to it. There's a social aspect to it. There's business and sales and marketing. And so it goes back to what I was saying about every day being different. There's just so many different aspects to the wine business that it's always intriguing. There's always new challenges and there's always more opportunities. But is there a moment so far in your career that stands out Um, Well, I think for me, probably one of the most exciting um, years was 2012. So that was the year where I had been working for Cliff as part of my Vines to Wine consulting business. And I was helping him um, create and build out his own internal farming team. And he wanted me to come on board full time, but there wasn't really the right fit. But when the winemaker left, uh, he invited me to join full time, sort of like a production general manager or director of winemaking and vineyards. 
And um, I had the amazing opportunity to work with Christopher Tynan. So he and I both started in the 2012 vintage, which was the first in a string of really outstanding vintages as well. So it was just a really fun and exciting time to join here full time, have Chris on board and have us uh, overseeing the vineyards and, and Chris making the wine. And we just um, we just had a great time. It's like a perfect storm. It was, <laughs> yes. So I was so grateful to that that uh, there was a position here for me to join this company full time because it's an amazing place to be. What keeps you going? What drives you? Oh, lots of different things. Um, I feel really blessed to live the life that I am living with um, being located here in Napa Valley where it's so beautiful and the community is really just a close-knit and amazing group of people and um, business is exciting. It's fun. We make a project. Pro- we make a product that people love. We get to sh- share it with the world. And I love traveling around and sharing the Lady Family wines with people all over the world. What do you think differentiates um, Cliff Lady wines from the other wines? Um, I think there's a lot of different things, but for me, one of the things that I really appreciate is that I think we are a really good intersection of being both very serious about winemaking. We source from some of the best vineyards. We own some of the most beautiful estate properties, and we have great facilities, and we're um, no holds barred when it comes to winemaking, but at the same time, we're a fun place to work and a fun place to to visit. And that's really part of our foundation of the company is that we want to have fun. We want people to have fun when they're here. And, um, I really appreciate that and being able to share how amazing this place is with other people. Want more on today's interview? Purchase Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. It's available on our website at winecountrywomen.com. Where do you hope you'll be professionally this time next year? Um, well, we have some fun projects in the work, uh, in the works here at Lady Family Wines. We are, um, in the last few years, we've bought two new estate vineyards in Napa Valley. Uh, we have a property up in Calistoga and a new one that we just purchased in Carneros and we're working on vineyard developments, um, in both properties. So, um, I'm excited. I'll be excited that this time next year we'll have, um, plants in the ground on both of those estates and um, or, or just about to be planted at the Carneros estate and that's exciting to always see new beginnings and have these new acquisitions fit into Lady Family Wines and how that's all going to come together in the next few years is really exciting. Do you know what the total acreage is of vineyards that you own? Um, so planted acres now, we are, let's see, 60 acres in Stag's Leap District, which is our home base. We've got 20 acres in Calistoga and about 86 planted acres in Carneros now. Oh, wow. And that's just Napa Valley. So Fell, our Anderson Valley uh, winery, we have um, we own the Savoy Vineyard. So it's a really great benchmark vineyard in Anderson Valley that we had the opportunity to purchase in 2011. And that's 42 acres up in Anderson Valley as well. So by my rough estimate, a total of 200 acres. That sounds about right. Keeps us busy. 200,000. No, 200, 200 acres. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was really growing you <laughs> quickly there. Sorry. 200. <laughs> that, and that's, an, uh, that's, that's a lot already. <laughs> yeah, that is quite a bit. No, but I think it's important for us. We've realized that 
um, we can control our quality better when we have more of our own estate vineyards. And um, that's been a goal of ours in the last few years is to look for the right acquisitions. And so we've been really excited about the Calistoga Vineyard, which is getting planted this spring, and the Carneros, which will be getting planted next spring. And we're always looking for other opportunities um, here and in Anderson Valley and elsewhere as well. You know, it's such an endeavor um, when you pull out a vineyard and you replant or when you plant a vineyard because it takes three years before that vineyard produces fruit good enough to use in a bottle of wine, right? It does. And it takes, you know, a year, a year and a half of planning before that as well. So it's really a five-year process just to get your first grapes. And then you think it takes a couple years for that to turn into wine that's um, ready for consumption. So... The wine business is about patience. It's not something that I came into the business with, and it's probably not my strongest suit, but um, I really learned a lot about patience being in the wine business because things do take a long time. And um, and it, it it's always interesting, though, to see the final results. Yeah, it is. That's what makes it so, so much fun. Yeah, and it is fun to drink the final results. Right, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you've got vineyards in great locations, which are neat to be able to taste wines from each of those different areas and compare and contrast the differences of those wines coming from those different areas, whether it's Carneros and Calistoga or Stag's Leap and Carneros or or even your Anderson Valley and mm-hmm. and your Napa Valley locations. Let's talk about your life here now personally. Where did you grow up? You didn't you didn't grow up in California. I did not. I'm from New Jersey. I grew up um I was born in Manhattan, raised in New Jersey, went to high school there and everything. I um went to UC Berkeley for my undergrad because I was interested in science, but I was also pretty bohemian, a little bit of a hippie girl. So it was a great fit for me to come across the country and go to Cal. Um, and I loved it. Is your family either envious or do they think that you've abandoned them? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably depends on the day, but, um, I think they love, uh, coming out here to visit and I'm, I'm really still pushing for them to move out here. So hopefully someday they will. (laughs) So you landed in the Napa Valley. When did you move here? Um, so I went to Cal and that was in, uh, graduated from Cal in 98 and was trying to figure out a way to justify staying in the Bay Area because I had fallen in love and that's when um, with the Bay Area and that's when I um, decided to go to grad school and study viticulture and enology at UC Davis and uh, when I completed that I hadn't thought about moving anywhere else it was just I was going to Napa and that's when I had the amazing um, opportunity to meet uh, Michael Richardson who was working at Saintsbury at the time and he was the one who had um offered me the position as the harvest viticulturist at Saintsbury in 2001. 2001. So let's see, we're in 19. So about 18 years you've been here. Mm-hmm. It's easy to count with when one is your first harvest. So <laughs> this will be my 19th harvest um, this year in Napa Valley. What have you seen change over those 19 years here in the valley? I would say a lot, but one of the things in a really positive way is the elevation of quality across the board it's really amazing the level of quality of wine that comes out of Napa Valley it's it's tremendous when you go we just had um, premier Napa Valley where um, there's about 175 different individual customized 
lots, unique lots that are auctioned off to our trade partners, restaurateurs, retailers from around the country. And they're all good. And even in what was considered somewhat of a challenging vintage, the 2017 vintage, the producers here in Napa make outstanding wines. And so I think really people have dialed in from farming to winemaking quite a bit in the last 20 years. How's your personal life changed over the, those last 18 years or so here in the Valley? I think um, there's more and more to do. The town of Napa itself has become a destination with lots of restaurants and hotels and music venues and things that didn't exist when I first moved here. So when I first moved to Napa, I was spending a lot of time back down in the Bay Area where my friends from Cal all live. And um, now I have a huge community up here and I'm happy and have a very fulfilled life um, with friends and family and um, things to do up here as well. And why did you choose to move to Napa versus Yountville, St. Helena, or Calistoga? I think it was because the beginning of my career was focused in Carneros with first Saintsbury and then Bouchane and even Maryvale because they had opened their Starmont facility. And so I was based down there quite a bit of time. Um, so I think for convenience to the Carneros wine region and also accessibility to the general Bay area. And a lot of my friends were living there. If you have a day off, what's a perfect day in the Napa Valley for you? What does that look like? Uh, usually starts with, uh, yoga either at a studio or a yoga practice at home. Um, go have some brunch somewhere and then, um, maybe go on a, on a hike or hang out at the Silverado country club and play tennis. Care to share any favorite brunch locations or hike spots? Um, Well, I love hiking at the Westwood Hills, which is uh, right near my house. And that's a great about an hour loop um, with some good elevation and some beautiful views. You can see both Mount Tam and Mount Diablo. Uh, I also love the skyline hiking trails as well. Those are a little more more extensive over there. and yeah, I just, I feel like we're so blessed with all this beautiful nature here. Brunch spots? Um, I usually go to Kitchen Door. I think that's probably my main, um, I like Boonfly as well. Uh, recently I actually tried Jack's Diner because I love tater tots and they have tater tots. Where's Jack's Diner? <laughs> it's um, on Main Street. Uh, I sorry, on First Street, pretty close to Main, uh, where Don Perico's is oh, okay. and Alegria. It's right near there. Okay, I'll have to check that out. And they have tater tots. Tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, like you said, you don't see those very often. <laughs> so we're in wine country. I have to ask, other than Cliff Lady wines, what do you like to drink at home? Um, it depends on the day. I drink a lot of different, um, things, but I just did a girls weekend, um, with some of my other winemaking girlfriends. Um, we were up at Sea Ranch and we drank a lot of champagne. I think we almost only drank champagne. Champagne (laughs) or sparkling wine? Actually, this time we were drinking champagne. We tried maybe five or six different types of champagne. And uh, we actually drank a, um, a really beautiful old vine Chenin Blanc made by our friend Erica Orr um, up in Washington State. And that was fun. But I think that that was the only non-champagne that we drank over the two days. That's very cool. Very fun. <laughs> what was the most popular out of the bunch? Can you say? 
Um, well, they were all. Do you remember? <laughs> pretty good. Um, we had the uh, '96 Winston Churchill, so I think that that was uh, pretty amazing. Um, the Paul Roger, that was really great. Um, but yeah, we drank a delicious um, Aubrey and uh, and a few other you know good selections. Is there something that people would be surprised to learn about you? A hobby or a special talent or well if they've read wine country women they would know that i lead a um, dance group here in napa valley and that's a really fun thing we do uh world music and dance from around the world um all sorts of stuff like middle eastern dance and um afro-cuban afro-brazilian very different styles uh bollywood and how did you get started um, so that uh, goes back to the days at UC Berkeley, um, which is just such a multicultural campus. And um, you ask about one of my mentors, and actually one of my life mentors is a professor from Cal, and his name's um, Professor C.K. Ledzakpo. And he taught West African music and dance, but buried into the education of music and dance was really a lot about equal rights and human rights and global politics. And he was a huge inspiration for me in my life. And I took his uh, West African music and dance class. I was also studying with a woman named uh, Nana Kondalaria, and she was teaching Middle Eastern dance. And so it goes back to those days. Um, And it's just a really fun thing to bring to the community here, a little bit of multicultural music and dance. I would say that's unusual for (laughs) Napa Valley, for sure. Other than wine and dance, what else are you passionate about? Um, well, one of the things that is uh, convenient for me working here with Lady Family Wines is that I love music. So I love going to see live music. I went to see um, Stephen Marley play acoustic last night, and that was really fun. So music is a passion for you as well. Definitely. I feel like you're a traveler. Mm-hmm. What's one of the most meaningful trips that you have been on? Actually, I got to go to a bucket list location this year in January. I went with the Napa Valley Vintners to Japan. And I had really been excited about going to Japan. And all of my wishes were fulfilled. I find the people there to be very humble and also very passionate and dedicated to whatever they're doing. If you go to a tea house there, the care and the thought that's put into the selection of the tea and the preparation of the tea. Um, Same thing with some of the the great restaurants. It's really incredible how thoughtful the people put um, so much thought and care and love into what they do there. And I really appreciated being there as a result. And it was even more fun to be able to be there in a working capacity because I had an opportunity to interact with a lot of people who were passionate about wine in Tokyo and Osaka, which was really an incredible experience. Do they drink a lot of wine? Yes. And I think um, more and more, um, there's definitely um, a popularity of steakhouses in Japan now. And so they're drinking a lot of California wine in the steakhouses. But I think they're also getting educated about wine and bringing that into other restaurants as well. Um, So it's pretty exciting to meet a lot of the um, sommeliers and people interested in wine in, in Japan. And would you go back? Oh, I hope to go back. Yeah, I hope to go back soon. I think it would be great to build on some of the foundation that um, people and relationships that I met um, here this last time and go back and build upon that. And you mentioned that it, it was a bucket list item. So I do want to ask, what what's another bucket list item? 
Um, on your list in terms of travel i would say greece is really high um my grandparents came from there and they have an amazing wine and food culture as well as i know that it's just going to be outstandingly beautiful yes it's on my list too let's go (laughs) go. you know we'll talk about white country women in greece yes (laughs) you never know you never know well let's wrap things up sounds good I like to wrap things up with five quick questions. Okay. So here we go. On the spot. Yes, on the spot. <laughs> One, two, three. Who is your favorite singer? Oh, goodness. TikTok. Um, I know. This is a, that's a hard question. Um, okay, one of your favorite singers. <laughs> one of my favorite singers. Um I don't know. Well, Jay-Z is coming to mind. He's one of my favorite rappers. Okay. <laughs> what kind of car do you drive? I drive a Subaru Crosstrek. That's oh. an easier question. There you go. <laughs> Who do you like to call for advice? Oh, my mom. There you go. <laughs> uh, last piece of candy that you ate? Um, a sour gummy worm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And most used app on your phone? Google Maps. Hey, there you have it, folks. Remy, thank you so much. For <laughs> thank you, Michelle. With that us. was fun. It was fun. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to listen and learn about the women featured in our lifestyle books and involved in our business. Share these episodes on your social media platforms so more people can learn about Wine Country Women. Visit our website at winecountrywomen.com to join our list and be the first to learn about exclusive offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new episode of Wine Country Women.